Hey everyone, welcome to Woodlawn, and I am Carmen Harper, and I am thrilled to be back with you guys this morning. While Joe and Laura take a vacation, they'll be back next week, so remember them in your prayers. We are now in week three of our summer road trip series, and what we've discovered so far is that Jesus is the X that marks the spot in every journey we take in our Christian life. He is the beginning, the end, and every place in between. I'm going to pray for us, and then we'll get started. Holy Father, thank you for what you have shown us about yourself and about us over the past couple of weeks. We are so grateful for your word, and we pray that as you open it up for us, that it will change us in wonderful and profound ways. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, as a reminder, the first part of our journey was knowing Jesus. We talked about how we have to be in a relationship with him. We have to know his voice and listen to him. The second week, we learned that we have to abide in him. When we stay close to him and learn from him, the Trinitarian God takes care of us and provides for us. That closeness creates in us the ability to bear fruit. And that fruitfulness is so important. We learn that God will put us in the best position for that fruitfulness to happen in our lives. He does that because he wants us to share him with others. Some of Jesus' last words before he was taken up into heaven were those that we now call the Great Commission. We find it in Matthew chapter 28, verses 19 and 20. Jesus says to his followers, Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even until the end of the age. Now that is the command that Jesus left for those who followed him in the days, in those days. And it has been the same command that he has given to every person that has followed him since. Go and tell people about me. Lead them to me. Baptize them. Help them to grow in me. We are God's chosen vessels to bring all of his children to himself. God can do anything. I am not limiting that. But people need to know about Jesus in order to be saved by him. And that is our job. Right here, we begin the scary part of the journey. We have been talking because I am going to use the word that strikes fear in the hearts of Christians all over the world. Evangelism. Y'all terrified? The word evangelism is not in the Bible. That's a bit shocking because in our Christian circle, it is a word that we hear all the time. It means different things to different people. But don't worry, I'm not going to ask you to go knocking on random doors, following people around, telling them about Jesus and that they need to be saved. Personally, I've done it, and I don't feel it is very effective. For some reason, sharing Jesus takes people right out of their comfort zones. They want to leave the evangelizing to those who have been called to do it. You know, the missionaries and the preachers. Well, that would be a good plan if it were biblical. You just heard me read from the book of Matthew 
that Jesus has commanded all of us to make disciples. Someone cannot follow Jesus unless we introduce them to him. I hope by the time we are finished here today, you will be more at ease with the idea of sharing him. I hope you will realize it is not something that you have to be an expert to do. In fact, God has built into each and every one of us the love and joy of sharing good news. Think about it. When you get a new job or, have, or you find out you're having a baby or any other good thing happens into your life, what do you do? That's right, you just can't wait to pick up the phone and tell somebody about it because we just can't wait to share good news. The word that is used in the New Testament for gospel is evangelion, which means good news. If we are all born with the innate ability and desire to share good news and the gospel is good news, then it follows that every single one of us is already prepared to share the gospel. Sharing good news is something we have been doing our whole lives. Think about it. One of the first sentences that children put together is, me did it. Good news. They accomplished something and they want everyone to know it. In our heart of hearts, each of us is already an evangelist. The word was only used three times in the Bible. And that's at 2 Timothy 4 or 5, Ephesians 4, 11, And the one that we're going to look at in, in the book of Acts at 21, 8, it says, And on the next day we departed and came to Caesarea, and entering into the house of Philip the evangelist, who was one of the seven, we stayed with him. You may be familiar with the story about him that is shared in Acts 8, 26 through 40. It's a little long, so I'm going to boil it down for you. The Holy Spirit tells Philip to head south down the road out of Jerusalem that heads towards Gaza. As he's walking, he sees a eunuch in the court of Candace, the queen of Ethiopia. He's been to, to Jerusalem to worship. He is searching for God, but he, he has not yet met him. Now, this eunuch is in his chariot reading out loud from the book of Isaiah. It was customary to read out loud in those times. No one ever read silently. That was considered rude. So the Holy Spirit tells Philip to go over to the chariot, and here's what the guy's reading. And Philip says, hey, do you understand what you're reading? And the eunuch was like, no, how can I unless someone tells me what it means? And the guy says, ask Philip to come up with him. And Philip explains to the man everything that he is reading. And it's all about Jesus. They go down the road a little farther and the guy's like, hey, here's water. Can I get baptized? Philip tells him if he believes with all of his heart that he can. They stop and Philip baptizes the eunuch. If you've never read this particular story in Acts, you should. It is amazing. Put yourself in the place of Philip and imagine what you would be thinking. It's amazing what you will see and learn. So from this story, we can learn so much about evangelism. The first thing I want you to notice is that the Lord told Philip where to go. God had already been working on the heart of this eunuch. 
I'm going to call him Ernie for our purposes. He didn't have a name in the Bible. They just called him the eunuch. So Ernie leaves his job with the queen and travels all the way to Jerusalem in order to worship a God that he did not yet know. And God still works in that way. People that do not know God all of a sudden get this desire for him. They get a desire to go to church. And that is a sure sign that God is at work in a person's life. So Ernie goes to church, but for whatever reason, he does not find what he needs there. God then sends Philip to share the gospel with him, and he is gloriously saved. But what I really want you to notice in this story is that God had already done 99% of the work. He had drawn Ernie to himself and gave him a desire to know him. So Ernie was already reading the scripture, seeking to feel the hunger that God had placed within his heart. And the Holy Spirit knew that Ernie was ready to receive Jesus. So he tells Philip to go. All Philip had to do was show up and share the good news. Ernie already wanted to know. Philip just had to share what he knew. So what have we learned so far? That in order to share the gospel, we must be obedient to go where God says to go. And we have to have the word within us so it can come out of us when we need it. The Spirit of God does the rest. He allows us the immense privilege of being a part of an eternal transaction that brings someone into eternal life. There is no greater responsibility or privilege in the world. And I know that some of you have heard this story, but I'm going to share it again because it fits right here. Early in my Christian life, I began praying for my best friend and her family to be saved. She had grown up in church and believed in God, but she did not have a personal relationship with him. So one day, I was driving home from work, and I heard the Holy Spirit speak to me and impress upon my heart to go and see Martha. I was all for going to see my friend, so I said, okay, Lord, I'll go. I know that she's having a hard time, so help me say to her something that will help her. We were sitting at her kitchen table, and we were talking about Jesus, and she says, I know that I need to be saved, but I'm just too busy. I cannot add one more thing to my schedule that I have to be responsible for. At that moment, the Holy Spirit prompted me to speak a Bible verse to her. I said, Jesus doesn't want anything from you, Martha. He wants to give you rest. Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30 says, Come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. And I, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Right then, Martha told me that she was ready to accept Christ. And I got the awesome privilege of leading her to him. I told that story again because I wanted you to see how familiar it was and how similar it was to the story of Philip and the eunuch in the Bible. God had already prepared the heart of my friend 
and the eunuch from the Bible story. When it was time, the Holy Spirit drew the person who was ready into the vicinity of the person who had the good news, and the miracle of salvation took place. That is how easy it is to be an evangelist. We are called of God, and we are commanded to make disciples. We have to stop letting fear and misconceptions get in the way. So knowing that, I want us to stop right now and pray and ask God to reveal to us that person that he wants us to pray for and share Jesus with. Heavenly Father, we come to you and we thank you that you would allow us to be involved in something as important as someone's salvation. And Father, we know that you have someone in mind for each of us to pray for and share the good news with. We ask, Lord, that you would clearly show us the name and face of that person right now, that we may be obedient to the work you are doing in their lives. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, I am quite sure that God has work for all of us to do. And I am also quite sure that he is working on hearts all over the world. I also know that if you faithfully ask him right then, he showed you the face and the name of someone that he wanted you to pray for and to begin sharing him with. So I want you to begin to pray for that person. The Bible says that those who are not saved are deceived. They are far from God and that the human heart is more deceitful than anything else. It is a miracle anytime anyone gets saved. And the only way it will ever happen is if we pray for those people and share with them Jesus. Now, time prevents me from being able to share all the scriptures with you that I would like to about those who are lost. 1 Corinthians 1, 18, 19 says, For the word of the cross is to those who are perishing foolishness. But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and the cleverness of the clever I will set aside. To those who are lost and out in the world, the cross is foolishness. They do not understand why we believe. That is why knocking on doors is such an unprofitable way to share Jesus. John 6, says, No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws them, and I will raise them up on the last day. I believe that aside from the prayer of a person coming to the Lord in submission for salvation, there is no prayer that the Father wants to hear more than the saints praying for those that they love to come to him. He cherishes and honors those prayers and uses them to work in those people's lives, and he begins to draw them to himself. So pray that God will open their eyes, defeat their doubt, draw them to himself, and save their souls. He will act upon that prayer because he wants it more than anything. Revelations 12:11 says, speaking of the saints, and they overcome him because of the blood of the Lamb, and the word of their testimony. The blood of Jesus and the word of our testimony. Your testimony is simply the story of your life before Jesus. 
how he drew you to himself, and how your life has changed since. Sharing that with someone who needs Jesus can change everything for them. If you have never thought much about your testimony before, I want you to spend some time thinking about just what your testimony is. Write it down. Get to know it. Because God will give you an opportunity to tell someone what you have been through and how Jesus changed it all. That is simple. To evangelize someone, we need only to share with them the good news of Jesus. Tell them what he has done for us personally. I know that he sure has changed my life for the better, and I bet he's changed yours too. Be willing. Pray. God is preparing hearts all around us. Others have already been praying for God to save their loved ones. He may just put one of them in your path. When he does, be ready to share your testimony with them. Be ready to tell them how to reach out to Jesus in prayer and repentance, asking for a new life in him. It is that simple. Now, I hope that talking to someone about Jesus seems a little less scary and more natural now. I pray that you will have the desire to tell people just how good he is. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you that you want to see all saved. Prepare us to share you. Prepare hearts to want to receive you. Bring us together that those around us can enter a relationship with you. In Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. So if you're watching today and you've never been saved and you, you feel God drawing on your heart and you want to enter in a relationship with him, I want you to close your eyes right now. And I want you to humble your heart. And listen to me, these words are not magical. They, knew, they will not save you, but Jesus will. And I want you to say, Lord, I am a sinner in need of a Savior. I believe that you died for me. Forgive me of my sins. Wash me clean and help me enter into a relationship with you. I lay my life at your feet. I am yours. Forgive me, O oh Lord. Lead me into righteousness for your name's sake. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you have done that today, praise God you have entered into a new life with Jesus. You now have eternal life and you have the Holy Spirit indwelling you and you have Jesus walking with you for the rest of your life. And I pray that you'll reach out and you'll let us know. We love you and we're praying for you.